We're hearing from Mark 13, this end of the world scripture passage. When I was reading it this week, I was reminded of that song from R.E.M. in the 80s. It's the end of the world as we know it. Do you guys know that? It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. Remember that song? Yeah. So. I didn't sing anymore because I didn't want to clear the house. <laughs> so here's my question. Is it really the end of the world as we know it? Is this what Jesus is prophesying? Is he speaking about the end times here in Mark 13? And I think the answer is yes and no. So let's begin first with the no. No. Jesus is not referring to the end of the world as we know it. He's actually referring to the destruction of the temple. You see, he's making a prophecy. You know, he's in, he's in the early 30s, he's, he's preaching. But what happens is, within a generation, in fact, in the year 70 A.D., the Roman citizens who um, are Jews, living, meaning the Jews who are occupied by Rome, they, um, they're not doing what Jesus is uh, asking them to do. They're trying to fight the politics. They're trying to fight with military might. They're trying to push out Rome when all that God is asking them to do is bring in the kingdom of God. And in the midst of all this, of course, Rome occupies them longer and longer and longer, and they just really are just sapping their culture, their religion, their beliefs. They're being consumed by a foreign pagan culture. And Jesus is saying to them, no, this is not the way. There's another way for this. But, so he's trying to warn them. How do we know this? How do we know this? Well, first of all, we know, because in the year 70 AD, history tells us that Rome comes in and sieges the city of, of, of Jerusalem and sacks it and destroys everything in Jerusalem, including the Jews themselves and including the temple. But how do we know that Jesus is actually prophetically speaking about the end of the temple? Which for the Jews, by the way, would be the end of the world? Well, listen to the scriptures. Jesus says to his disciples, Mark relays, In those days, after that tribulation, read in here the Roman Empire coming in and destroying Jerusalem, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in heaven will be shaken. These, you may not know this, are images within the temple. This is the third iteration of the temple. And remember all the way back to, um, to Solomon, when God... Uh, instructs Solomon to create the temple. There's all these details that he wants. Because what he wants is the temple to be a microcosm of the universe itself. Why? Because his dwelling in the Ark of the Covenant is going to be there. So God is going to be there. So it is the center of the universe. 
but it no longer is. Because the Ark of the Covenant no longer dwells in the temple of Herod that Herod has built. That gets lost in the second iteration when Jeremiah is commanded to take the Ark and to hide it in the mountains. Never to be found again. Why? Because there's going to be a new Ark and a new covenant. So it's an empty temple. Furthermore, what's happening to the Jews is emptying them out. So these are images from the temple. The sun, the moon, the stars, the powers in heaven. They're images on the ceilings, in the walls, in the sanctuary curtain, and in the sanctuary itself. Now, at first hearing, we might think, yeah, the sky's going to fall. Jesus prophesying about the destruction of the universe. But when the Jews heard this, they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. He was prophesying about the end of their temple. Let's go on. There's other clues to this. He says, within a generation, listen to this. Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. So this is not the end of the world as we know it, some far off distance. This is the end of the temple and it's going to happen within a generation. And guess what a generation is to the Jews? 40 years. So within 40 years, that's exactly what happens. The temple is destroyed. And this marks the end, therefore, of the old covenant, officially. Because the covenant, the ark of the covenant is gone, and now the temple is gone. And this marks a new covenant, the beginning of a new covenant in Jesus Christ, and a new testament to be carried forward by a people who is willing to carry it forward. But God, Jesus is not without mercy to the people of the old covenant. He loves them. And so he warns them. And this is why Jesus performs this prophecy for the Jews of his day, but also for the Jews within that generation after his death and resurrection who are going to convert because they're going to follow Jesus' heedings and his teachings, and they're going to be saved. So it's a warning to all, giving them a chance to heed this warning. And some do, and some don't. The Jews that don't listen to this, who don't pay attention to these signs, we know from history, from the Romans, that over one million of them die at the hands of the Romans, when they come in and destroy the temple in Jerusalem. A million. And Christ tries to warn them. But there's another group that doesn't see destruction at the hand. This is not the hand of God. This is the hand of man. And there's another group that listens to him. And it's that first generation of Jews who convert to following Christ after his death or resurrection and the establishment of the church. Because that first generation are Jews, Jewish Christians. And we today still call ourselves properly Judeo-Christians. So this first generation, they listen. They trust in Jesus. They're obedient to him. And they live in his way. So when they start to see the signs of not... Of, of the results of 
giving into a foreign power and a foreign culture and trying to fight by means of man rather than go the way of God. When they see these signs, they head for the hills of Jordan. And the contemporary historian of that time, Josephus, tells us that not a single Christian died during the sacking of Jerusalem. All 30,000 of them, according to Roman census, were saved. All of them were saved. And this leads then to the second reason why Jesus prophesies about the destruction of the temple. There's a second reason Jesus prophesied the destruction of the temple, and it has to do with what Jesus then says next. Listen to this. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But on that day, or of that day, of that day, or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. You see what just happened? There's a second prophecy that follows the first prophecy. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. He's, he's speaking about the end of, of, of time, the end of, uh, of everything, the redemption of creation. When the Son of Man comes, he speaks about that in other Gospels like Matthew, and John really speaks about it in the book of Revelation. It's all one story. So the heavens and the earth are going to pass away as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it, and Jesus is going to come again, the second coming, and he's going to reconstitute everything. But he says this, but of that day or hour, no one knows. In the first prophecy, he says within a generation, and this one he says, we don't, there is, you're, you're not going to know when it's going to happen. You following that? So Jesus is giving another prophecy. And he does it on the back of the first prophecy for this reason. He says the first prophecy, he prophesies about the destruction of the temple to show that his words do not pass away. Meaning everything that he prophesies and everything that he promises about the rewards of salvation, if we follow him, all of it are true, even if the world should collapse. Even if it should fade away. At the end of time, or as empires and nations and kingdoms come and go, his word, if we hold on to it, will not pass, and therefore we will not pass. And so what he's trying to say to us is this. Listen, pay attention to what happened to those two groups. No matter what the generation is, because remember, when Jesus talks about the end of time, He's not only talking about his second coming and the reconstitution of heaven and earth, our, our redemption of creation itself. He's not just talking about that, but always in those messages is that may not come in your lifetime because you don't know when it's going to come. So it will come for each and every individual when the Son of Man comes again for you and you and me at the end of our lives. And so which group are you going to be? Are you going to be the first group that doesn't heed the words of God and doesn't see the signs because you're not heeding the words? They're like the Jews. They get sucked into a foreign culture. 
And they start following these pagan ways more and more as, as it just rolls in from one generation to generation. The, the faith, the religion just begins to wash out and the kids of the parents know less and the grandparents of those same um, parents, the grandparents, they know even less and less until finally there's very little left. And then to fight it, they go by the way of politics and military and philosophy and the ways of the world in order to rebuke the, this incursion of a foreign power. And they lose. And they're destroyed. Not by the hand of God, but by the hand of man. Because they went the way of man rather than the way of God. Will that be you? Because pay attention to the signs. And these signs, yes, they may be about the end of the world as we know it. The second coming of Jesus Christ. Because we don't know when that's going to be. Jesus just said that. But it could also be, well, about you and I. We all know, guaranteed, that each of us are going to see the end. Each of us are going to see the second coming of God in our life when we die. And we don't know when we're going to die. And so Jesus is saying, pay attention to the signs. The stars are darkening. They're falling from the sky. The, the sun and the moon are no longer giving their light. The powers of heaven are being shaken. Not in a literal way. But this culture that we live in is now foreign to us as Christians. And it is dimming the light of Jesus Christ. We no longer have the fullness of the brilliance of our faith guiding us in every aspect of our culture. It is a darkened culture, and the powers of heaven have been shaken. They will not be overcome. That's the lie. But if we give in to the lie of the powers of this world and follow the powers that be, then we will be destroyed, not by God, but by our own choice. And so he's saying, will that be you? Because the signs are telling us we need to be ready, given what we're facing. And we need to ready our children and prepare them properly. Raise them up strong in the faith so they are obedient to the ways of the world. They trust uh, in the ways of the Lord. They are following in the ways of the Lord. Their lives are oriented and they are converted. Meaning conversion, conversion is not a one-time event that we hear about and then we tell people about or other people tell, hey, I was converted back in high school, right? Conversion is ongoing and it implies two things. It implies a turning towards God which means then a turning away from something else. Turning it away from this culture and what it teaches and turning towards Jesus Christ. Conversion is ongoing and it's conversion that's ongoing that is going to prepare us for whenever the Lord comes for us again. And if we are that second group then, no matter what happens to this kingdom, to our nation, to our society, to our people. Because we know kingdoms come and go. Empires have risen and fallen. Nations have come into existence and they no longer exist. Will you be destroyed? Will you be swept away by that? Will you be clued to the TV and just pulled in day in and day out by the news and the gloom and the philosophies and the ideology of the left or the right? Or will you be glued to Jesus Christ and stop concentrating on all that other crap? 
And ready yourself and ready your children and ready this church and ready this community by following His way, trusting His way, being obedient in His way, and learning the signs of the times that I've got to be ready. And then if you are ready, then if it's the end of the world as we know it, in whatever form, the second coming of man, or that same second coming of man for you, you will be fine. It's the end of the world as we know it. Will you be fine?